Welcome back, podcast friends, to I Am Healthy and Fit. I Am Healthy and Fit is the affirmation that begins changing your health and fitness from the inside out. I'm Steve Jordan, your health and fitness coach. Hey, everybody, welcome back to the I Am Healthy and Fit podcast. A great episode with Kathleen Trotter, a fitness expert who wrote Your Fittest Future Self making the choices today for a happier, healthier, and fitter you. Kathleen is a bundle of energy that you're going to see and feel through this interview. I really enjoyed working with her and talking to her. Can't wait to meet her when she comes out and visits us in LA. And uh, we get into some really deep conversations about your fittest future self, why and how to get there. What are the steps you need to take? In her book, which I have, you guys got to get it at Amazon.com, again, your fittest future self, is an easy step-by-step process and program for getting you into the right mindset, working from the inside out. Her and I have a lot of value systems that are similar uh, you know, because they are based on truth, and that's what this is about. This interview is about truth of health and fitness and how to get there, how to avoid the pitfalls, how to overcome the obstacles, how to be your best self. And I'm really, I'm grateful that I was able to connect with her on a, on a deep level and know that she shares similar passions for helping people uh, in the way that I do. So guys, check out her website at uh, kathleentrotter.com. Check out her Instagram and buy her book, Your Fittest Future Self. You won't be sorry that you did. And uh, enjoy this listen. Thanks for coming back. Hi, Kathleen. Welcome to the I Am Healthy and Fit podcast. Oh, thanks so much for having me. I feel like I'm excited to talk to you after reading your blog about what a journey you've had. And I feel like I've had a journey. And, you know, if we can share journeys, hopefully one person listening can get something from that and their journey will be, you know, improved. Well, absolutely. I feel the same way. I looked up you and I feel like we have a lot of different common uh, commonalities uh, professionally and I think even probably personally as well. Uh, first of the one of the commonalities that I saw is that you know uh, Lori Corbett from ABC. So yeah, that's so crazy. Yeah, I thought I'd throw that out there. Yeah, I saw you on one of her shows, and I've been on a couple of her shows as well. Great woman. Still, I'm still happy to see she's at it. It's been a few years since I've been on, so. That's awesome. Yeah, no, it's fun. You know, it was fun because I'm from Canada mm-hmm. and um, it was a great excuse to go to Los Angeles and be in some warmth because it's cold here yeah. and, um, and it was a fun adventure. I think that that's my favorite part of my life is I've really purposely created this architecture of my life where I've built in fun and the media that I get to do, like talking to you and you know, visiting Los Angeles and, you know, I went to the aloe store when I was in Los Angeles, which maybe is not a big deal for you. You're a guy, but like for me going to my favorite fitness store and buying some clothes, like that was really awesome. And meeting her was a real high, um, and going to soul cycle in Los Angeles. And like, just, I don't know. I think that life, you can get so into adulting and it can get really boring and you just have to wake up in the morning and have something to get excited about. Mm-hmm. And I, I try to always have something on the horizon that I'm like counting down to or thinking about or that's inspiring or full of, you know, making me happy. Well, I love that. It's a, the only way to live. I mean, you got to live happy. You got to be excited about life and, you know. and meeting interesting people and talking to people like that's So, you know, it's, it's, that's such a great way to infuse a little bit of energy into a dreary day. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I, I'm very open in all of my podcasts and I say like, I really feel like I was born depressed. Like I was born wired very low. Um, and so I've had to really work at figuring out a recipe of success that works for me. And part of that is the people I interact with. Part of it is motion. Oh my God, I'd be such a ginormous, you know, biatch without like, you know, my boyfriend and I, we always talk about if I'm in a bad mood, what I need to do is go for a run. And then I come back and I'm like, Oh, whatever he did, it doesn't matter anymore. Like I'm so much happier. Um, but you know, people in motion and my job, you know, I, I know the things that are going to make me sort of a happier, healthier version of me. And I try to do it daily because otherwise, yeah, I don't know. I just sort of feel like if I don't work really, really hard, then I will be the person on the sofa, you know, crying every day. And I don't want to be that person. Well, you are not. You're actually getting people off of the couch. I try. I really are. Your state. And you just did it with a new book that you just wrote called Your yeah. Fittest Self. And it's yeah, called- Fittest Future Self, yeah. Yeah, I love it. I love the title. 
And because it isn't about getting fit today, right? I mean, one day at a time. And it is an investment in your future. And, you know, like, it's like I always relate, uh, you know, the exercise you do today is like an investment in your health bank, right? I love that. Yeah. Yeah, It's like drops in a bucket and all of a sudden your bucket is overflowing with health, right? Like those little things, taking the stairs, drinking some water, having a vegetable, you know, small little things that don't seem like a big deal. And then all of a sudden you're like, I feel better. I have more energy. I can sleep better. You know, um, it all accumulates. Definitely. So tell me a little bit about this book. What's it, what's the title? What, how did you get to it? What was the inception? What motivated you to do it? Oh, what amazing, amazing questions. So I think this book is my second book. And I learned a lot from the first book. First of all, I learned that I absolutely love writing because sort of writing is what helps me figure out what I actually feel about an issue. And it's my alone time. Like I'm a personal trainer. That's how I make my living. And I spend a lot of time talking with people one-on-one, which I love, but then I'm able to just sit down and write and be with myself. And it's a very, it's a happy place for me. Mm. Um, and what you'll see if, if you read the book is one of the things is I really believe in the mindset that's needed to connect the dots between wanting to make a healthy change and actually making it. So the book is really infused with a lot of a mindset of self-talk of how to motivate yourself. Cause I think um, there's a great Derek Sivers quote, which is, you know, if knowledge was enough, we'd all be millionaires with six pack abs or billionaires with six pack abs. Like we all mostly know what it is to be healthy. You know, you drink a little bit more water, you sleep more, um, you know, you exercise, you don't eat fried foods, but wanting to actually do something and actually doing it are two very, very different things. So the book is really, um, it's about the three pillars of health, the nutrition and the, and the fitness, right? You, you create a workout mix that works for you. You create a nutrition mix that works for you. But what is critical is that mindset mix because the mindset is what connects the dots between wanting and doing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think how I would describe the book is sort of an amalgamation of a self-help book and a fitness book. Because my biggest problem with the fitness book is you get these books and they say, okay, do this for the next month. And you're like, well, first of all, how do I make myself do it? And second of all, what do I do when the month is done, right? Or do this diet for two weeks or do this cleanse for five days. Um, It's not sustainable. It's not long-term. And also it's, you know, it's one thing to read it in a book, but it's another thing to make yourself do it. So what my book does is it goes through all the different workouts out there, all the different diets out there, um, and all the different motivational strategies out there. And it gives you the tool to sort of, to curate your own health. Okay, so what are the, the workouts that would work for me? What are the, the nutritional tips that would work for me? And then how do I make myself do it? So it's really a curation of your, your own health, recipes for success. Uh, so but it's basically- so it kind of puts you in the driver's seat a little bit. It gives you the direction. Oh, I love that. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's, you know, it makes you the driver, like you drive the life, the, the bus of your own life, kind of that there's that, you know, the, the phrase, yeah. uh, you know, don't be a passenger in the bus, be the driver. Yeah, no, I love that. Um, and it, you know, it helps you be educated about your health. Um, and also it's individualized. So it, it actually came from, I was sitting with one of my girlfriends, my best, best friend from high school. And we went, we were getting pedicures. And she was asking me all these questions. She was like, okay, well, what about intermittent fasting? Should I do that? What about Legree Pilates? Should I do that? And for every single question, I said, you know, you're going to hate me, but my answer is the same. Here are the positives and here are the negatives. And for you, I think these positives make sense. And for you, I think these negatives don't. And, you know, maybe do a little bit of this and a little bit of that and figure out the mix that works for you. And she looked at me, she's like, that's your next book. And I was like, what are you talking about? She's like, your next book is that there is no perfect plan that you just have to figure out the elements of the different plans that work for you. Um, and know that the plan that you do in your twenties is probably going to be different than in your thirties and in your forties. But all that matters is, is that you are doing something consistently. Um, and I was like, okay. So she sort of, she took my ideas that were floating around and she gave me this, this package that I really like, which is just, you know, being your own mix maker, being an educated consumer of health and fitness information. I love it. It's great. I could agree with, I agree with everything you said and I promote everything you said. And I do think that change begins on the inside first. And if you're not aware, but the I am healthy into podcast is an incantation. It's the mantra that can help create shift and change from the inside out. If you believe it, you can achieve it. 
I totally, totally agree with that. And also just the idea of having mantras because mantra is basically just a form of self-talk. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm a really big believer in the importance of self-talk. I mean, think about how much time you spend with yourself. And if you have a demon in your head, if you have a bad roommate um, in your head, if you have somebody talking to you with belittling self-talk and saying like all these negative things, of course you're going to stay on the sofa because you're going to think that you're, you know, a worthless human being. But if you have self-talk that's productive and growth mindset, right? And and will say to you, okay, you are worthy of this workout. Your body is not a garbage can. Don't put garbage food into it. Your future self is not going to be happy if you do this. Or one of my favorites, you're only ever one workout away from a better mood, right? So if I don't want to work out, I say, Kathleen, your future self will feel better. You will be in a better mood. You will have more energy. You will feel less lethargic, um, you know, blah, blah, blah. Just go do it. Like, so I have all these mantras and, you know, whoever's listening, you can figure out the mantra that works for you. You know, don't, you know, don't use mine, but find a way to talk yourself out of um, the demons in your head. You know, I call it the sort of negative brain propaganda. Um, I think a lot of people think that people like us, like you and me are sort of naturally fit and we have, you know, motivation is so easy to come by. And I always say to people like, it's not, I work every day at being motivated. Uh, And when the, when that negative brain propaganda comes into my head and says like, Oh, you should sleep in or, Oh, you should just stay on the sofa or you should, whatever. I say, no, you know, that is not what's going to make me happy. Um, and I also say, you know, something is always better than nothing. So it's easy to talk yourself out of working out if you feel like, well, you have to do an hour, it's not worth it. So I will often say, you know, Kathleen, just get on the treadmill, do 10 minutes. And if after 10 minutes you want to stop, you can, but you know what? You never stop. Like once you get going, you just do it. Um, but if I ever do stop, that's okay too. Cause it's like, at least I've done 10 minutes. Like I've done something and I'm consistently building the habit of doing something. And I think you got to get out of your own way. Like we have this perfectionist model. It's like, well, if I'm, I'm not going to do an hour, I'm not going to do it. If I'm not going to have a perfect meal, I'm not going to do it. If I, if I had a cookie, well, that's not perfect. So I might as well have 10 cookies. And it's like, well, no, you know, one cookie's not the same as 10 cookie. And you know, 20 minutes of walking is better than no minutes of walking and you know, just do something. So every trainer that I've really interacted with and had the privilege of working with always has a story of how and why they got into the business. You mm-hmm. and I just had, a little conversation before the show started, you have a story, a backstory that I think is worthy of telling the audience how you got to where you are as a fitness professional. Yeah, you know, well, I'll just preface the story by saying I, I have a history, but you know, my journey continues. I was um, talking to somebody the other day and they were sort of asking me questions as if my I'd hit the top of my mountain. And I was like, no, the thing about health and fitness is it never stops. Oh, well, it stops when you die and I don't want to die. Like I want to keep going. So, um, you know, yeah, I started, I was a really unhealthy and unhappy kid. I kind of ate my way through my parents' divorce. I was also really tall. I'm like six feet tall. So I'm tall for a girl and you know I was taller than all the boys and I used to get made fun of for being like the substitute teacher you know because I just looked like I was old um and I was I I was overweight for sure but I wasn't like you know really 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 heavy but no one else had matured so I was a good 40 50 pounds heavier than I am now but I was also like 80 pounds heavier than all my my classmates who were like 90 pounds sopping wet right so you know I was made fun of I was awkward I would do anything to get out of gym class like literally I would lie I would cry Um, I timed my walks home so I could stop at like the fish and chip store and get fish and chips and then I would have like mouthwash and like mouthwash so my mom wouldn't know Um, I snuck food like because my mom was a quite healthy mom like you know she'd give me carrots and apples and so it's not like she fed me full of crap I just was so unhappy and so I just didn't want to be me. Like I just hated myself. Mm-hmm. And um, eventually when I was in my early teens, my mom said, you know, Kathleen, we have to find a solution for this. Um, and she was actually, her philosophy of parenting me was sort of the premise of my first book, which is just that there's always a solution. Um, and something is better than nothing. And that you have to decide that being active is a non-negotiable, but how you get there is up to you. 
So she said to me, you know, Kathleen, you don't like being active in front of your peers, but you've always been pretty okay with adults. Um, my mom was an actress and I grew up sort of with her in the dressing room. She did uh, theater, so a lot of Shakespeare. And so there's always a lot of people around me that were older. And so she said, you know, you've always been comfortable with adults. Why don't we get you a membership to the YMCA? We lived in a small town in Ontario and the why was basically people were under five or over like 60. So, you know, there was not a lot of people my age. So I started to go to the why. And at first I literally walked on the treadmill for like five minutes. And then I started to do some weights and then I started to do some aerobics classes. Um, and it just sort of positively, positively upward spiraled from there because I took enough aerobics classes that they asked me to teach aerobics classes. Um, and then I liked that so much that I, that I decided to change what I was going to take in university. And I went and did some kinesiology, which led to my master's in exercise science, which led, like it just sort of slowly spiraled. I taught so many fitness classes. I got comfortable being in front of all these adults, um, which I think is one of the reasons why I'm sort of fairly comfortable being in front of the camera now. And yeah, it just spiraled. I took my Pilates certification and, you know, I started to do running more and marathons and Ironmans. And I don't know, it's, just, it's such a journey, but you have to just start somewhere, you know? I love that phrase that it's the final coin that makes you a millionaire, but it, that final coin wouldn't make you a millionaire if you hadn't had all the coins that came before. Mm -hmm. So yeah, today I can, you know, easily run, you know, 10K and I feel pretty strong and I do Pilates and all that stuff, but I only got there because of the 20 years that I've spent leading up to this. Uh, and I think that's really important for people to know that it takes time and it's a journey and, you know, you fall and you get back up and you learn from every fall. Um, you know, the other day somebody sent me a series of questions to answer for an article and they phrased one of the questions was something like, um, have you ever fallen in your fitness journey? And if so, can you tell me when? And, you know, I'm a little bit cheeky. So I answered back, um, I'm going to change this question to, you know, tell me about, you know, one of the many falls that you have had. Because, you know, nothing ventured, whatever, nothing gained, whatever that phrase is, like, if you were going to venture into the arena of health and fitness, you're going to fall like you're human. But the trick is, is, you know, to get yourself back up and learn from the, the mistake. You know, I was listening to your podcast on what to do when you've had a, you know, you've overeaten or you've overdrank. And I loved some of the tips that you, you gave. But one of the biggest one was just like, move, move your body, get going. And, you know, kind of stop the pity party now. Like, don't let it turn into another day and another day. Like, just get back on your health horse. Like, do it now. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, that's definitely true. I'm a big believer in, you know, moving your body changes your physiology. It's the, yes. it's the easiest way to change your mood and your state. Right. And that's how athletes do it. Uh, when you watch a football game or a basketball game before the game starts, everybody's getting into a state uh, and they go to state change. Right. They're relaxing they're they're kind of just warming up. But then when the game gets on, there is an energy increase and they do it by huddles and, you know, hitting each other high fives and moving their body really fast or very energetically. And, and it's the same thing for us. When you're feeling in a lousy state or you're not motivated to move, the best thing is to get up and move. It's yeah. the hardest part. But once you put those sneakers on and you walk out the door, there's a 95 plus chance you're not going to turn back. You're going to yeah. keep going. Well, that's what I was saying earlier. That's what I call my 10 minute rule. Like you make yourself do something for 10 minutes because it changes, as you said, it changes your physiology. And once you start, it's harder. You're not going to stop. Um, it reminds me a lot of what Tony Robbins says, right? It's about changing your state through motion. You know, he, I was listening to one of his talks. I went to one of his talks a couple of months ago and he was saying, you know, I don't wake up every morning. Tony Robbins, but I know that if I'm going to be in front of, you know, hundreds of people who've paid lots of money to see me, I get myself to be Tony Robbins pretty quickly. Yeah. And I think about him often in the morning when I wake up and I'm like feeling low and I'm having a blue day and I'm like, my clients are coming to see Kathleen Trotter. Like they're coming for a personal training session. They're not going to walk in the door with me lying on the floor in a puddle of my own like depression. Like, no, I'm going to be the person that they need me to be. And what do I need to do to do that? I need to go for a walk. I need to do my stretches. I need to have good, like a good breakfast. Um, and that's, you know, that's one of the other cornerstones of the book, The Fittest Future Self, is that in order to create the fitter you that you want to be, 
whether that that fitter you is in an hour or in a month or in a year, you have to act now. And I think that that's the key that we lose is that the only moment we have control over is the moment we're in. Um, and I think that with health and fitness, we get caught up in these wishes like, oh, I want to be fitter. I'm going to be fitter. I'm going to do this. But we forget that you know, stop trying to control tomorrow. You know, I hate that. Well, tomorrow I'll, I'll be good tomorrow. Control the moment you're in. Like, look at the, the meal you're eating. How can you make it a little bit better, you know? Or get up and go for a walk. Or can I listen to this podcast as I'm walking? Can I take this conference call as I pace, right? Like, what can I do now? Whether that's just sitting down and journaling and figuring out, okay, how is my week going to look? Like, you know, I think I was in your podcast on the how to find your why. You talk about getting into Miami, I think, and going right to the grocery store, right? Like, preparation, preparation. Like, you've got to set yourself up for success. You can't just wish yourself to better health. It doesn't work that way. You know, it's the actions that you take in this moment that create the fitter you, you know, in the future. Right. When people... Uh... I'm going to be 44 in a week. And uh, when people look at me and they're like, you're how old? And I tell them and they're like, what are you doing? You know? And I feel like right now where I'm at is like my calling card is stronger than it ever has been because when I was in my twenties and thirties, healthy and fit, people were like, Oh, just wait until you're 40. Right. Then talk to me, that kind of thing. Right now, 44, I'm healthier fit as I was in my twenties and thirties. And people were like, what are you doing? And I'm like, it's not what I'm doing now. It's what I've been doing, right? Yes. And it's that consistency. Yes. Um, it sounds like you've just been very consistent. And that's, you know, I think that's the key for me too. Like, do I have days that I eat less well? For sure. Do I have days that I don't move? For sure. But my norms have shifted, you know, versus 20 years ago where, you know, people, my mom used to joke, like, would you like some pasta with that cheese? Cause I would just like load on the cheese or like my norm would be, you know, three helpings of something. Now it's like, if I want, you know, I, I call it my love it rule. I love chocolate. So if I want some chocolate, I'll have a small amount of something that I love, but I don't mindlessly sit eating, you know, Doritos. I don't like Doritos and I don't have you know, crap in my house that I know that I'm going to gorge on. So again, it goes, goes back to that sort of setting yourself up for success. Um, you know, setting up systems now that will save yourself from your future self. So, you know, I, I love chocolate, so I don't have that in the house. I love fudge bars. So I keep them at my mom's house. And if I want a fudge bar, I go over, I have one, we have a visit. Like, I don't know. I think that people have this idea that one, they can wish themselves into success and two, that, you know, it's all or nothing, you know, go, you know, it's either I'm perfect or I'm, I'm not. And it's like, no, you just have to be sort of consistently pretty good um, based on your goals. And what you have to do is going to be different versus if you want to be like a bodybuilder versus if you just want to be able to hang out with your grandkids and, you know, be functionally fit, or if you want to be able to walk your dog or everyone's version of, of fit, it'll be different, but I don't know. I think the consistency is really, really key. You know, yeah. stop the, 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 the workout that the, the good workout that you do consistently is better than the perfect workout you never do. Right. Like people are like, Oh, but I need to be, they'll say like, well, isn't running the best. Shouldn't I be running? I'm like, well, running is pretty awesome. But like, if you consistently get injured from running or if you hate it and you'll never do it, then the benefits are moot. So like do something else, like do something you'll actually enjoy, you know? Love it. All great information, and there's one area uh, we haven't touched on yet, and I want to want to get your perspective on this about celebration, right? So when you are successful, when you do have a great day, when you are doing all the right things, we tend to lack the self awareness, or maybe the uh, it's what I'm looking for. We lack the the courage to celebrate our victories, even small. What do you do to celebrate your own victories along this journey? of success as a fitness professional. I love that. And I think you are so smart. I think that possibly comes from being an athlete, that idea of like, you know, you have goals and then when you reach your goal, you do want to embrace it. I think, I think you're so, so right. I think not enough of us don't have joy in our life is one thing. So, um, you know, I often will say to people when they come in, I don't just say like, how was your food and your fitness this week? I'll say, what were your three Fs? Your fun, your fitness and, and your food, right? So I think a lot of times people, they fall off their, their health horse because they think of health as totally joyless, right? It's like, you know, well, it's all about the things I can't do and the things I can't eat versus embracing the joy that comes with motion. So 
I guess I would say that I have two answers to your question that I 100% believe in having celebration, but I also believe in making the journey itself more fun. So yes, celebrate when you, you know, you have, be able to do a certain amount of push-ups or pull-ups, or you can run a certain distance when you're doing a mile in like, you know, you can do it in eight minutes versus nine minutes or whatever. So have things booked, um, you know, maybe a, a beautiful bubble bath or, you know, time with friends and family or, or games. Or one of the things I love to do with my partner, James, is just sit outside in our backyard and we play cards, like amazing, so much fun. Um, so I definitely believe in, the, in those, or like I'll go with girlfriends to the spa, pedicures, like building in those things. But I also really think that um, within the actual arena of, of, of the process of doing the goals, then there should be joy. So, you know, I love, love, love to run. And so 90% of the time, it's not like, oh, I have to run. It's like, yes, I get to run. Like it is a joy for me. Uh, my mom, for example, loves her puppy dog. So going for a walk with her dog, she's doing good things for her body, but she's also getting joy with her dog, Sierra. My dad loves to play hockey. That gives him such joy. So I think building in activities that you actually, you love is important. Um, and then for the things that I don't actually love, like I'm not, a, I, I don't love strength training, but I know that I have to be strong enough to run. So that's the reason, like I will convince myself to do my strength training because it's like, you know, like this will help me run and running is my bliss and running. It's also a privilege to be able to move your body. Right. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I consider with my clients, we talk about finding our Kiwis which um, is sort of a code for finding healthy things that you actually are pulled towards that give you joy. Um, it came from, I was talking to one of my clients like years ago and we were talking about healthy food and she was just talking about all the food she made for her family and, and how food for her felt like such an obligation because she's always making stuff for other people. And, and, um, and I said, well, what's a food, a healthy food that you actually enjoy? Like, why don't you buy something for yourself that you like? And she's like, I don't know. What do I enjoy? So I was like, well, what about raspberries? Or what about, like, I was throwing out different ideas that were healthy, but also, you know, yummy. Um, and she's like, I don't know. I don't know. And finally, one day she came in, she goes, Kathleen, I bought a kiwi. And I was like, what? And she's like, I love kiwis. I never buy kiwis. She's like, I'm always buying bananas because my daughter loves bananas and my husband because he loves this. So anyway, code with my clients now for a healthy thing that's something they love is a kiwi. And I just think that everybody should celebrate their victories, but they should also incorporate as many kiwis into their life as they can. Love it. Great answer. Now, what's your favorite success story for yourself as a trainer? What are you most proud of? Oh my God, what an amazing question. You know, no one's ever asked me that before. I love when I get answers. Um, as you can tell, I'm never, I'm not a woman of few words. <laughs> so sometimes James will ask me a question and I'll start to answer. And he's like, stop, forget I asked the question. I don't want it, it's too long of an answer. <laughs> um, so there's two levels to the answer, right? Like I've done um, an Ironman, I've done half, uh, eight half Ironmans, I've done like 10 marathons. So there's this sort of, sort of easy answer that I could give, which is um, the completion of those goals. Um, but I actually think for me, it's much more complicated. I think that what the thing I'm the most proud of is a race I did a couple of years ago um, where I'd done the swim and I'd done the bike. So triathlon, you swim, you bike and you run. And I, I don't know, for some reason I was freezing out of the, the swim and then the bike was just terrible. And I felt almost like, ill and I got off the bike and I said to myself you know I could do this run but who the f am I trying to prove that I could do this done I have done these things before and this is going to be worse for my body to go out and do a 90 kilometer bike ride when I feel so sick um I'm not going to get a good time it's not like I'm going to get a personal best this is going to be like a terrible race and who am I trying to prove? Like, what? Like, get rid of this ego. You know, what? Am I trying to prove it to my mom or like people I love? No, they want me to be healthy and fit. They don't want me to be exhausted and depleted. Am I trying to prove this to myself? Why? So that was a really big turning point for me because in the past, I've completed races to just complete it. Like, I remember a marathon in Miami, actually, where I made myself so sick because I got super dehydrated and I just kept going and I was sick for like a month afterwards because I had just pushed myself past what was healthy 
Um, and I think the, the thing that I'm most proud of is that over the last sort of five years or so, I've really practiced the idea of, you know, do I want to be healthy or do I want to be stubborn? Um, and, you know, in my 20s, I wanted to be stubborn. I wanted to prove to the world that I could do shit. And, you know, it's not worth it always. I mean, sometimes it's worth it. And I'm not arguing that I don't race and I'm not arguing that I don't try for personal best. And I don't argue, I'm not arguing that I don't push myself really hard. Um, but I push myself when it's appropriate and when it's going to make me fitter and healthier versus when I'm just being plain stupid. Mm. Um, and this morning is a great example. Like it's really snowy in Canada right now, like really icy and snowy and disgusting. And I woke up and I had planned to go for a run outside and I just said, you know, I'm self-employed. If I slip and break my leg, like, what am I going to do? Who am I trying to prove this to? So I got on the treadmill and I did a run on the treadmill and it was great. And I, I listened to one of your podcasts as I was running and um, I felt really happy with myself. But 10 years ago, I would have felt like a failure because I didn't go outside. So, you know, I think I've learned that you have to have goals, but you have to be flexible. Great answer. Who are your role models and mentors? <laughs> um, okay. So I have a lot of them. And one of the things I love about the book is that um, I actually have a chapter in it that's an annotated bibliography sort of thing with all the people who've inspired me. Um, but um, so Brené Brown, um, I love her work on vulnerability, right? You just put your hands up in the air like you also love Brené Brown. Yeah. Um, I don't know anybody that's read or knows about her that isn't a fan. She's really, she's a pioneer in vulnerability and you know, self-awareness nowadays. She's also just freaking hilarious. Like so funny. She, I was listening to a podcast the other day and she was telling a story about how um, she asked her husband, she said, Oh, my mom's coming over tonight. And um, you know, for dinner. And her husband was like, Oh, do you think she could come over tomorrow? And then she goes, and she goes in her head, she wanted to say like, well, no, she, she can't come over tomorrow, but you can leave and come back tomorrow. And like, she went through all the things she was going to say. And then instead she was curious and she said, can you explain? And he goes, oh, well, you know, me and the girls are out tonight, so we can't have dinner with her. But if she comes tomorrow, we'll be here and we can have a family dinner. And it, oh my, I, like, I almost peed myself. I laughed so much. Like she says it way funnier than me, but it's just so true. Like we create these stories in our head. Like I do that with James all the time. And the crap that I make up in my head is never true. And you just have to have a generous interpretation of the people that you love. Like it's just so stupid what we all do to ourselves, right? Yeah. So anyway, she's, she cracks me up. And if I need a laugh, I listen to her. Uh, Gretchen Rubin is great with the idea of like tailoring your motivational strategies to who you are. She really meshes with my philosophy. Carol Dweck, growth mindset, amazing. Um, a lot of Tony Robbins stuff I really relate to in the idea of just, um, you know, changing your state with, with what you do to your, you know, to your body, like you said. Um, you know, um, I love, you know, podcasts, like listening to your podcast. I love Tim Ferriss. I love uh, Chase Jarvis. So a lot of podcasts that I really enjoy. So there's lots of people that I just, you know, my clients, um, you know, I think that this sounds like a weird one, but I, I own my own studio. It's just a small like in-house studio where I train my clients. And um, so the, the trainer that when I was like, 15 and trying to get fit I read this article about um Gunnar Peterson do you know him out of Los Angeles and he had a he trained like Halle Berry and he had the studio in his home and I was like that's what I want one day so you know there's those type of people too where I just think or like somebody like Jane Fonda who's like you know had so many you know different lives in her life and her journey and you look back at what she did for fitness and now what she does now and my God, I think she's 80 and she looks better than I do. Like, she's amazing. She's a powerhouse. Yeah, I got to meet her. Like, who are yours? Like, tell me something of yours. I feel like I could learn so much from you. Uh, many of them are the same. Uh, I'm a, I've been a big Tony Robbins fan for the past 12 plus years. Uh, I've been to many of his events and seminars, including Business Mastery, Leadership Academy and stuff, and highly recommend it. Um, you know, I, I love Paul Check. I know that you're a Check trainer. Yes, well. I'm a huge fan um, of you know, I got introduced to him about 20 years ago and started doing some of his work then. And just the way he's evolved is what I like over, you know, yes. the years. And that's what we kind of just talked about here as well, because what you're doing in your 20s is going to work in your 30s. And yeah. what you do in your 30s is going to work in your 40s. And to see Czech evolve in that way, in that manner, and just way more holistic and 
balanced in his in his in his mind, body, and spirit is really cool. Um, you know, I I love almost anything or anybody that inspires me. I, I love certain. This is what I enjoy about the podcast is I get to meet and interact with people that I never would have otherwise. And I, I love learning from everybody. Um, there's always something I can get some information from. Um, you know, my clients like you, I mean, always get, I mean, my clients, although there, there is a client trainer relationship, there is a, and I try not to go like personal friendship wise, but you get really deep with them and they get deep with you and you get deep with them and you try to relate with them on, you know, in ways where they get to know who you are. And it, it's inevitable. You're going to get connected with them as almost like a friendship. And I've totally, had yeah. For as long as 13 years, um, I've got a really 75 to 80% of my client base has been the same for seven, eight years. And I'm really, I'm fortunate with that too. And I joke with a lot of my clients that I see them more regularly than I see, you know, like my mother or my best friends and they know more about me, you know, than almost, you know, as I said, my best friends. And, but I, one of the things that I really foster in, in our relationship you're right like it's not a friendship but it is a friendship and I try really really to foster honesty because I want them to see in me how much the, the fitness journey is a process so I want them to come in and see that I'm human and if I've made a mistake and I'll say like oh my god you know my gremlins were out last night at three in the morning and this is what I was thinking and and then they will tell me and I just think that it's so important to embrace and understand and really lean into that it's a process like you know, you talk about Paul Check's evolution, and, and it's one of the reasons I love um, Tim Ferriss is, you know, he's been doing his podcast for whatever it is, four years, and you look, he's really evolved, too, through his guests, you know, having Tara Brock on and learning about, you know, radical acceptance, and then having, you know, uh, Brené Brown on, and, and I see in him a lot of, you know, he's become less sort of stubborn, and, and he's more open to things, and and um, I just love, I love watching his evolution and, and, and listening to him talk to his guests and all these people who, you know, you would meet on the street and you would think, oh my God, they're perfect. They have these perfect lives and they're amazingly successful human beings. And so many of them deal with depression and anxiety and lack of self-esteem and falling off the horse and failures. And, and when you hear these amazing people and they're just human. And then you're like, well, they're human, you know, I'm just human too. And I got to give myself some self-compassion and I just, you know, I'm not a robot. I can't be perfect all the time. I can't be in a good mood all the time. Um, and that would be boring, you know? So I love, I love the podcast for that, for that reason. And I'm excited to listen to more of yours and sort of mm-hmm. hear more about your journey and where you've, you know, what you've done and what you've learned. Thank you. Listen to uh, the miracle of health and fitness part one and part two. You'll hear a much deeper version of my story, how I got into the business and kind of this as a career lifestyle or profession. whatnot. I'm looking forward to it. Well, thank you. Um, I uh, also wanted to make a comment also about this is, you know, you read books like about, I don't know, even Abe Lincoln, there's no book of a successful individual who's never failed. Totally. always fails and what you said earlier about it, it's not how hard you fall it's how quickly you pick yourself back up and it's so important in our fitness journey as fitness professionals uh as well you know to pick ourselves back up but it's really hard like you said earlier to motivate ourselves because who's coaching us like every like yeah. tony says every coach needs a coach sometimes we lack that and podcasts are a great way for us to stay motivated but what do you do when life throws you a curveball or you're challenged in a way? How do you pick yourself back up right now? I love the question. And I think that the key for me is I've, I've really embraced this idea of the growth mindset. So that's Carol Dweck. And I use it a lot in the book. And I just, I think that if you look at every experience as just data, then nothing is something that's gonna cause you shame. And you know, I think it's important, I'm sure your listeners already know this, but I'll just really quickly review the difference between shame and guilt. So guilt, is a, it, guilt for some people can be very motivating. Guilt is, is a response to an action. Like I ate the cookie, I'm not happy that I ate the cookie, what can I learn from that, right? So it's like, okay, did I eat the cookie because you know, I didn't have a good enough lunch. Did I eat the cookie? Cause I, I didn't get enough sleep. I let myself get too hungry. I was mad. I was sad, whatever. 
Uh, and then you can take that as data and learn. So you're, you, you know, the next day you don't let yourself get as hungry. You don't let yourself get as tired. You pack a healthier lunch, right? It's all about the learning. Whereas shame is like, oh, I had a cookie. I'm a bad person. I'm worthless. And shame goes down the spiral of like, well, I might as well have another cookie because I'm just like, you know, a lazy person anyway. So who cares? So shame is connected to you as a human being, your self-worth, your self your yeah your being your internal thought of who you are whereas guilt is is the behavior the action so i think the two things that have really helped me and i really credit my therapist i mean um she's amazing she got me to read growth mindset and we talk a lot about the idea that um life is just adding the word yet to something so i don't know that yet oh interesting i ate a cookie well it's because i just don't know how to manage this situation yet so it's i have the capabilities of learning it i have the capabilities of knowing it i have the capabilities of making a better decision but i just didn't know how to do it yet and this is just a wonderful opportunity to get some data to do it better next time so it's not just about getting back on the horse um, it's not just about course correcting, but it's about learning from the experience. So, you know, we'll take my love of fudge bars for an example. For the longest time, I would buy a box of fudge bars and in the grocery store, I would be like, oh, it's okay, I'll have discipline, it'll be fine. And I'll get the box home and I would eat the entire box. Um, and then I would feel guilty and I would be frustrated. And then finally, I was just like, you know what, Kathleen, you got to learn. You cannot control yourself with fudge bars. You think you will, you think you will be fine, and then 11 o'clock at night, you're tired, and you eat too many. So now I bring them to my mom's, I still let myself have them because I love them, but I have one of them every couple of weeks, I go over there, I have a visit, but that's an example of how I picked myself back up, and yeah, I was like, that's disgusting, I ate like eight bars in half an hour, but you know what, I'm still a good person, and I'm gonna learn from this experience, and I'm not gonna bring the bars into my house, because that is setting myself up for failure. So I learned that fudge bars are like a red, a red flag food for me. They're a trigger food. There are some foods that are a yellow flag food. So, you know, have in moderation. Um, and then there's green one, green flag foods have as many, you know, fruits and vegetables and healthy fats and stuff in the house as you want. Um, you know, avocado, walnuts, that stuff. But, you know, I also know that I can't have jars of almond butter in my house. Not a good idea. They are a red flag food for me. I will eat spoonfuls of almond butter standing up next to the counter. I have done it and I will do it, I, not in my house. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, so I just, you know, it's that growth mindset and it's that how do I learn and how do I not shame myself, but at the same time know that I wanna be a fitter, different future version of me, right? So it's that delicate balance between um, not being like, ah, oh, who cares, I'll do whatever I want, um, but also not being so, um, like hard on yourself that you then hate yourself. Like it's, you have to be productive in your, in your mindset. You have to, you know, talk to yourself and, and hold yourself to really high standards, but you hold yourself to high standards because you love yourself, because you have self-respect, because you set priorities, uh, not because you hate yourself. It's not like, oh, I will work out because I'm flogging myself because I'm a bad person. It's like, oh, I'll work out because I have the privilege to move my body. And I work out because I want to sweat. I want to feel good. Um, I don't know, I challenge all the people listening to do a week of, or even two weeks. My therapist got me to do this years ago and it's really helped. Keep a journal, it's very simple. You, before you work out, you put on a scale of one to 10, your energy, one being bad, 10 being good. Um, and then after you work out, you put your energy down. And I've, I did this, it was about 10 years ago now. I did this for both going to work and working out because I was in a very depressed state for a bit. And my therapist just said, you always feel better when you work out and you always feel better when you go to work and see clients. But right now you're having a hard time making yourself do it. So keep this journal and it'll give you data. So now when I don't want to work out or I don't want to go to work, I just, I can say, you know, there was not once that my numbers were not higher after I did those things. And that helps me know that my future self will be happier if I do them. Great, great answer. Um, one final question that I'm going to okay. give you a little bit of time to kind of discuss other ideas or thoughts you might have. If you had a magic wand, you could wave it. You can change the world globally on anything in health and fitness. What would you change? Another really wonderful question. Um, so, 
I get people to be a little bit more curious about life and curious about fitness and curious about, again, it's that sort of getting rid of perfectionism. You know, I think so many people are so scared of not being perfect at something that they don't try it. So, you know, I say to people, you know, try something. And if you don't like it, you don't have to repeat it, but you might really like it. You know, somebody else say, I'll say like, you know, maybe try some protein with your, your breakfast. Oh no, I don't do that. Well, you know, you don't do it like you've never tried it or try a Zumba class. Oh no, I don't do that. Well, I don't know. Have you ever done it? Like, how do you know things? So I think so much of health and fitness is just like, let go of finding the perfect, find things that you enjoy. But in order to find things you enjoy, you have to be a little bit curious um, and as we talked about earlier, like what you like in your 30s might be different than in your 20s. It might be different in your 40s, right? So, you know, just because you tried something in your 20s and you didn't like it doesn't mean you're not going to like it now. Um, you know, walking is a really good example. I used to always say that I, like, I would rather run somewhere than walk. Like I hated walking. And, you know, I now love it. I put in a podcast and I go for a walk and you know, for like an hour on a Sunday. And it's not about exercise. It's about, you know, going into the ravine system, being in nature. Um, but like my 20 year old self, no, thank you. Walking was for like lazy people. Like I wanted to run somewhere. Um, so, you know, things change, be curious, be open, you know, talk to yourself in the way that you would talk to, uh, you know, your child or somebody that you love. Stop, you know, that belittling self-talk. Um, yeah. And just be open to kind of, using life as as experience you know if you look back at the last 20 30 years as opposed to being frustrated that you've fallen off your horse so many times you know be curious about what you've done right and what you've done wrong so you know if you were really really successful when you were on a sports team then maybe join a sports team um, but if you were really unsuccessful when you tried to work out at home then maybe you know that you need to get a fitness buddy right like so much if of looking at the past, if you look at it for all of the little wins and try to find those wins and then replicate it, it can be really motivating and empowering. And I think too many of us, we're so fixed in our mindset, we're so scared to try things and to sort of analyze and um, our past. And I don't know, I just, just be open, be curious, have some fun, stop being so serious about everything. I don't know. That's awesome. I think that's great <laughs> advice. And it's, it's something that I, because it does, it hits every, it hits it to the core, right? Because from there you can go and do everything. The, the yeah, you know, I think sometimes people listen to me and they're like, oh, well, Kathleen, you know, is only advocating walking and she's not advocating having goals. I'm like, that's baloney. Like if you are going to be motivated to go do CrossFit and you want to lift 300 pounds, you go for it. If you're going to be motivated by playing soccer, you go for it. If you're going to be motivated by trying to get down to like, you know, 15% body fat and do a bodybuilding competition or be, do figure modeling or whatever, you go for it. Like figure out what works for you. Do you be you? Um, but don't not work out because you're afraid and don't stay at home because you think that 10 minutes of walking is not enough, right? Like, you know, something is better than nothing and figure like being active has to be thought of as the non-negotiable. And then from there you do you. I am grateful for you. I'm grateful for you. I saw that word gratitude in your about me post on your website. And I was like, I love that. Cause that's the other thing I would say is to people like, be grateful that you can move. Do you know the amount of people that I train who have like MS and Parkinson's or injuries or whatever, like, and they would die to be able to go for a run, you know? So stop complaining. Just be like, yes, my body could move. Love it. Well, you are awesome. You're a bright, bowl of energy. You have so much great information. Uh, I, we're kindred spirits. I, I do believe that a lot of our knowledge and knowledge base is very, very similar. Uh, I really agreed with everything that you said. And I certain that if we were in a room together, we can go on and on for hours without. I completely without agree. Having, I think you're awesome. And your story, the little that I know of it is very motivating and I'm excited to learn more. I'm going to listen to those at the episode of the podcast, the two that you suggested. Awesome. And I'm going to read your book as well. And I'd love for you to share right now with the audience, what you're up to, your, the, where they can buy your book, anything else that you're proud of and you want people to follow you. Like it's your time to shine and get people on your, okay. on your, on your train. Well, so my website is kathleentrotter.com and I actually have a, I'm very proud of the website. I just redesigned it this past year and it has things like, um, my pockets of joy. Very easily oh. navigated. 
Yes. Yeah. Oh, thank you. Um, but what I like about it is that you can go for it for fitness information, but you can also go like, if you're having a low day, go in and find the pockets of joy section. And I have just things that make me happy. Um, or if you need something to read, I have a, what I'm reading now with like little reviews. So go and sign up for that. Uh, there's lots of little videos. Um, there's recipes. I have a newsletter, so you can go and subscribe to the newsletter and I'll send you once a month, like a fun recipe and an exercise that you can do and just some motivational quotes and stuff. So I love the website. I'm very proud of, proud of it. Um, but I'm also really, um, active on social media and I love hearing from people. So on Instagram, I'm Kathleen Trotter fitness, you know, send me a message. I'm happy to get back to you. Um, Twitter is K Trotter fitness. I'm Kathleen Trotter on Facebook. And yeah, I really like connecting with people and hearing people's stories. Um, and you know, if you have a book that you think I would like, or if you have a podcast, like just send it to me, like, you know, if you'll see, if you, if you get my book, like the book is really infused with all this information that I've met. I've learned from other people and I, I love, love, love learning and connecting. So yeah, so get hold of me website. Um, you can get my book on amazon.ca or amazon.com, your fittest future self. You can get the first book, um, finding your fit. It's also on there. You can get it on um, Indigo, which I don't know if that's in the States, but in Canada, it's Indigo uh, chapters. Um, you can get it, you can buy it off of my website as well, but my website just sends you to Amazon. So you might as well just go to Amazon and yeah. So anyway, that's awesome. I'm so grateful that I was able to spend this time with you to meet you. I am appreciative of all of your energy and time knowledge. I hope we get the opportunity to meet again. If you're ever in Los Angeles, please, please come and meet with me. You come to my studio. We can do a workout together. We can that would be so much fun. Okay. I will. I hope that I'll get to Los Angeles. Podcast live. We could do some. That'd videos. be awesome. Cool. Yeah, it'd be great. I'd be honored to do that. Okay, well, that gives me an inspiration to book a Los Angeles trip because let me tell you, Canada is friggin' cold. So I would love to come to Los Angeles. It was 73 degrees today. Okay, well, this means nothing, nothing to you because, but it was negative 30 here, but that doesn't mean anything to you because we're Celsius, it, it, right? Yeah, exactly. But yeah. let's just say it's friggin' freezing. That's, that's still really cold. I still think that's below uh, zero Fahrenheit. Yeah, it's disgusting. It's just disgusting. Okay, well. Uh, again, thanks for everything, and I hope everybody enjoys this podcast. And make sure you follow Kathleen Turner. All the information will be in the show notes. And uh, have a healthy and fit day. Thank you for listening, and I hope you enjoyed the podcast. And one more thing before you take off. Would you like to receive a short email from me one time a week on Fridays? Five to Thrive Fridays is a way for me to keep you expanding your health and fitness with five of the coolest things that I find interesting or ideas that I've been thinking about. Health and fitness books, trends, foods, recipes, supplements, anything to keep you feeling healthy and fit over the weekend and beyond. Visit stevejordan.com and click on the hashtag IamHealthyAndFit to leave your email address. And one more important note, if you found this podcast motivating, inspiring, or educational, please share with your family, your friends, coworkers, or anyone that you know who needs to improve their health or fitness. Take a screenshot of this podcast and share on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, or any other social media platform. Taking the initiative to share not only helps the people you share it with, but it will help you because the law of giving to get. You see, when you give with generosity without expectation, you will receive more for doing so. And this holds true when you want to be healthy and fit, my friends. This is another exercise that I prescribe to all of my clients. And those that have taken it on have undoubtedly seen the most results. So please, take a few more minutes of your time and do it now. Thank you again for listening. I am healthy and fit.